about that? Are y'all excited for today's message? It's gonna be so good. We are excited. We start a new uh, series today. And so I, I live with Pastor Jason. I'm his wife. So I don't just work here. I also get to be married to him. And I know that God has put a word in his heart um, that we are so excited for you to hear today. Um, but another thing I get to do here, be, besides being his wife, is I get to lead the women of 1910. There's my girls. I love it. I love it. And I want to remind you that we have two weeks. That's right, just two weeks left until our Radiant Conference. So this is, it's so good. It's our annual conference. You heard about it on the announcements. But let me tell you something. I believe that God has a purpose and a specific word for you this weekend. He wants to do a work in your life, November 3rd and 4th, that you will not be able to get away from. I believe that He has something. If you carve out the time, just like you carved out time today to be here, you've created space for Him to work. Just like that, if you do that and you come November 3rd and 4th, I believe that the Lord has a very unique word for you. And you don't wanna miss it. And I said earlier, I was telling Kendra, I said, I think that I like even wanna do like a, you know, guarantee money back. I'm not really gonna do that, but I believe that it is gonna be that good and it is worth your time. So that's my challenge is just like you're making space today to be here and you know God is gonna pour into you and do something different than you ever imagined. I believe he'll do that that weekend, all right? Because that's what he does. When we ask him, we can find him. The word says, seek him and you will find him. And that last song I love as we, as we go into prayer today for today's service, I love the words from that last song talking about the incense that we, we raise up to the Lord. And can't you just see it? All of us as individuals raising up this sweet fragrance. That's what an incense is. It's a sweet fragrance to God and God throughout scripture. That's why he even had the sacrifices of animals in the Old Testament because it talked about the sweet aroma to him. You know, there's nothing better than a barbecue, right? That's some good smells when you're smelling that barbecue going up. So the Lord loves, see, he's a Texan. He's from Texas. He, he loves Texas. But, but that sweet aroma that, that is just like that, that the Lord wants to, to, to receive from you today. So let's go to him right now just preparing our hearts. God, we come before you. Lord, thanking you, number one, God, just for who you are. God, for waking us up today. God, for allowing us, for encouraging us to get here. God, you cleared the way for us to get here today. And for that, we give you thanks. And God, right now, I ask for each one of us that, that as we make space for you, God, you would come in. Holy Spirit, you will speak to us in the way that you want to speak to us, God. You have something for each and every one of us, and it is personal because you are a personal God. And so, Lord, we give this day to you. I pray for Pastor Jason. I pray for the work that he has put in, the time he has put in, God. But Lord, it is nothing if you don't join him in this. And so God, I pray that you would envelop him right now, God, that as he 
steps forward and he proclaims your word and the message that he believes is from you and I believe is from you, God. Lord, would you do the work, Holy Spirit, in each individual today that, that we can look back on today and say that was a day of transformation. That was a day of hope. And so, Lord, we give this day to you, and we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give it up for women's ministry at 1910 Church. How about, hey, and where are the dudes? How about men's ministry? Two, two, thanks, two guys. So, hey, real quick before we dive into, listen, today is Miss Joe Fredrickson's 92nd birthday. This, we're throwing you a birthday party today. Your daughter Joe's going to take care of it afterwards for you, though. But this is, she's got something special. But happy birthday, 92 years old. How about that? Miss Joe is faithful, and uh, she's here. And who are you? Joe Letlable. That's her mother. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This is Joe and Joe. So I love that. I get my hugs just about every week. And so we celebrate and say happy birthday to you today. So she'll be accepting cash. If you forgot a present, she'll just take whatever's in your wallet today afterwards. Amen. Hey, have you ever heard someone make a claim about a product or, or, or maybe an individual make a claim uh, about something that just totally seemed absurd? Like there is no way that could be true, right? Listen, just a, a, a little confession. I, I love to go to Walgreens. Anybody? Okay, this is a bad analogy, but just go with me then, okay? But I, I love it. I get prescriptions there. Um, I, I like the candy aisle, as you can tell. Um, uh, there's like three rows of aisles when you walk in of nothing but beauty products for ladies and, and makeup and, and things of that such, and like two products for men in the very back corner. But um, my favorite section at Walgreens, this is just confession time. Are we okay? We family, we good with this? Aiden, Irvin, you good with this? All right. This is, did y'all win this week? All right. Kerrville Tyvee in the house. How about that? Awesome. That's great. Um, uh, my favorite aisle is the as seen on TV aisle. Have you been there? You know where it is. It is one of the best aisles there. You find things like this, Flex Seal. Flex Seal. You'll find Copper Fit. You'll find pillows that are the size of like a piece of tissue paper that inflate to like ergonomically correct. Your lumbar supporting pillow. I mean, just it's absolutely, some of it seems too good to be true. Some of it really seems that absurd. I mean, who would have thought that a little black spray paint could actually make your boat float. Listen, Gilligan's Island could have been one episode if the skipper would have had Flex Seal. The SS Minnow would not have gone down. For those of you that don't have a clue about Gilligan's Island, that's what's wrong with America today. Amen? We're going to talk about make America great? Bring back Gilligan's Island. How about that? Some of y'all are humming the, 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 the song right now, aren't you? Sit right down and you'll hear a tale. Flex seal. Have you, how many of you have used this? Round of applause. Yeah, some of you. Yeah. I, I, I actually, one of our facilities team members pulled this out of the back of his car, I believe. He, but this stuff, I mean, a hurricane could rip the roof off of your house. 
So they say, and you could just spray this over it. And man, I'm telling you, weatherproof, tight. Float a boat, carry a man that weighs about 132 pounds. I mean, it seems absurd, does it not tuck? Does it seem absurd? But we, 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 listen, that's called a paradox. When something seems too good to be true, it flies in the face of what you think would actually work. Seems that, but when it, it's a paradox. The Bible is littered with, thank you, with paradoxes. To, to, today, I, we're going to launch in this series called Paradox because there are things in God's economy that just fly in the face of what culture says works or what right living looks like. And so today, we feel like we're doing you a solid. We're doing you right today by sharing with you some things that we believe will help you live life abundantly, to live life as God created you to live it and experience it. But I'm just telling you right now, it's going to, it's going to blow your mind because it just doesn't make sense to what culture says. In fact, listen here, I made a list of some of these paradoxes you, you find in scripture. For instance, last is first. Now I'm holding on to that one because my Denver Broncos are in the toilet bowl right now. They are awful. Any Chicago Bear fans in the house? Y'all aren't any better. In fact, instead of the Super Bowl, maybe we have the toilet bowl this year. Denver versus Chicago. Man, bring me some Tostitos for that one, right? Hallelujah. Last is first. You'll never hear that in culture, right? Now, we'll hear that even if you're in last place, you get a trophy. Because everybody gets a trophy. Bullcorn. There are winners and losers. You'll hear this in scripture. Giving is receiving. Dying is living. Wow. Wow. Weakness is strength. Losing is finding. Remember when Jesus said that? If you lose my, your life for my sake, you will find it. Wow. Ooh, least is greatest. Poor is rich. And today I want us to talk about this one. Serving is ruling. Listen, you're going to find these paradoxes throughout scripture. Things that Jesus said, things that Jesus modeled that just seem absurd. What do you mean first shall be last? Last shall be first. What do you mean that it's better to give than to receive or that I'm blessed when I give my things away. It just does not make sense, does it? But if you'll hang in there with me over the next few weeks, I want to share with you some of these things that I believe can set you free, can help you walk into, step into this life that Jesus says works. It's best. This is the best way for you to live. I, I want us to look today, if we can, at a, at a, at a passage of scripture. But before that, let's just make sure we understand this definition. A paradox is an absurd or self-contradictory statement or a proposition that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look today in Mark chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, find that for me if you can. There's four gospels that make up the New Testament. The Bible's basically divided into two major sections. The Old Testament, which is the life or the history of the world before Jesus' life, before he was born. And then you have the New Testament, right? Two major sections. 
The first four books in this life of Christ, we call those the gospels, right? It talks about Jesus's life here on earth, his birth. And we're going to celebrate that here in a few weeks. The Amazon prime guy, we're good friends. We talked again last night. He's already started. He said, hello, Mr. Brown. Here's your daily shipment, your gross tonnage that I'm delivering for you today. It's awful. It is awful. Um, but that's okay. But you find in the gospels, the first four books in the new Testament are called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm going to look at one of those today. The second one is called Mark, Mark chapter 10. And we're going to find a story today. Jesus is walking with his disciples. Now, who were they? They were, these were 12 men hand chosen by Jesus that when he began his ministry here on earth, fulfilling the call of his heavenly father, he chose 12 men to come be a part of his team. Why would he do that? Because Jesus needed help. No, he's Jesus. He can walk on water. He can raise dead people. He can turn water into wine. Jesus doesn't need help. But he wanted some people to participate and be a part of it, Ross, right? Because he knew that he wouldn't be here forever. And so he was wanting to pass down some things. He was wanting to train up so that when he was gone, his story, his mission would continue. That's what good leadership does. You raise up, you train up. If you're a mom and a dad, listen, scripture says to train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. It may be a zigzag, but eventually if we've done it well with God's help, they will eventually return to the father, right? Ask Franklin Graham that story in his life, right? Oh, by the way, that's a great segue. That's just Holy Spirit. Operation Christmas Child. My goodness, man, what an incredible opportunity we have this year to partner with boys and girls around the world. We heard a story of a young girl in a Muslim country that one year got a little transistor type of radio. And she said how God used that to draw her to who he is, how Jesus was the Messiah. But anyway, Jesus is training up these 12. They're following him and they're on their way to Jerusalem in this story in Mark 10. Jesus is beginning to share with them. Hey, when we get there, some things are going to start to happen that you're not going to like. There are going to be some people come against me. They're going to be saying things about me. I'm going to be arrested. And there are going to be some things happen that are going to break your heart. I just want you guys to be prepared because we're on our way. Come on. How many of you know that Jesus loves us so much that he's willing to give up his very life for us? Amen. Amen. He knew what awaited him. They didn't. He did. And we find here he's trying to prepare them for what's going to happen. And I love the response of disciples, 12 men chosen by him. This is the dream team. Uh, These are the best of the best. No, they were like you and I. They still knew what the right thing to do was, but sometimes they did the wrong thing. Am I talking to anybody right here? Come on, Junior, you better get your hand up right now, bro. Right? Anybody still make some mistakes along the way? Anybody screwed up this week? Hey, tell me about it. What'd you do? No, I'm just kidding. I know we're family, we're close, but we're not going to, we're now, yeah, I'm not priest. You don't have to tell me that stuff. But anyway, um, but, but, but I love in this story here because here's two that still had it wrong, Pastor Gary. 
Jesus has turned water into wine. He's performed miracles. He's brought dead people back to life. He's instructing and teaching. And he, but these two still fall a little short. Look what it says beginning in verse 35. There were two of them, James and John, sons of Zebedee, that came over to Jesus and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. Hey, how many of us treat Jesus like he's Aladdin? Like he's a genie in a bottle? That he's supposed to, what would you wish for? We treat him like that, don't we? Now, make no mistake about it. Jesus wants to come, us, us to come to him with our problems. He does want us to be honest and share our needs. But a lot of us get torqued off whenever Jesus doesn't operate the way we think he should operate. Right. Or how or when he should do it, right? He's not a genie in a bottle, you know. Sorry, Christina Aguilera. He's not that. Some of you will get that later. Google her. But they come to him asking Jesus for a favor. Well, Jesus, being the gentleman, says, what is your request, he asked. And they replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. These guys are asking Jesus, when you sit down on the throne, oh, hey, hey, we know that we're your favorites. Would you let one of us sit on the right and the left? Jesus said to them, oh, Jesus is, Jesus is good. Come on, y'all. Y'all know Jesus knows some stuff. I just love how Jesus, he's a gentleman, but yet he's going to kick you in the teeth and make you feel like you're a moron. <laughs> just kidding. He doesn't do that. But I love how he kind of gently in a Jesus-like way brings a little correction here. He says, Jesus asked them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering that I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. They didn't know what was happening. They didn't know what was about to come. They didn't know that he would hang on a cross and die, and be humiliated, beaten, and flogged. They did not know that. Wow. They soon would know. And they too, before their life would end, would experience some of the same misery and torture that Jesus says. Jesus says, told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism and suffering. When you drop down to verse 42, Jesus calls all of them together and he says, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials. Officials flaunt their authority, excuse me, officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your what, church? Your what? And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here's the paradox I want us to see today. That if you wanna be great, if you wanna be honored in God's economy, the way up is down. The way up is down. 
We live in a culture today that says to be great, you must possess the largest office, the corner office. Your name needs to be on a parking curb to designate that this is my parking spot. It needs to be the closest to the building, right? Your, 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 your name needs to be on the letterhead. Your name needs to be on the marquee. You need to have so many fans and followers. I mean, listen, are, are, are you guys verified on Instagram? Because if you're not, then you're not considered great when it comes to all things social media. You see, that's what our culture tells us, is it not? That I've got to hold the power. My name has to be the one. Come on, we all know who the 444s are all for, do we not? We know that. Do anybody else know anybody else in that law firm? No, you know the four. You know the Texas hammer, Jim Adler. His son's trying to be that, but he is not the hammer. You know the Hulkamaniac. We know that because that's what culture tells us. But today's a paradox because Jesus says not so much in the world that I've come to establish. When we were in college, we, we experienced a, a time in which they began to put up various sculptures around our campus that we attended. And, and, and one of the first sculptures they constructed and put up was this sculpture here. And I'm just going to let you guys, if you can, Jack, if you can just zoom in on that for us today, I want you to see this because I don't know of any image that best describes or describes what greatness in the kingdom of God looks like. You see, what you see on the screens in front of you today is, is actually a, a depiction of, of what took place in the upper room, Jesus's final night here on earth. We know that after they shared a meal together, that, that, that Jesus grabbed a towel and he wrapped it around his waist and, and he knelt down and Jesus began to wash the feet of his disciples. I don't know what you do for a good time and what brings you joy and honor and pleasure in life. It's probably safe for me to say, somebody, just bring me some dirty feet to wash. No. I, I just, I just, I'm just going to go set up on the corner at Walmart's and I'm just going to wash feet. No one says that. But yet here's Jesus, the son of God, his final lesson that he's going to teach them is how to wash feet. Jesus, in Jesus's economy, if you want to be great, you kneel down and you caress feet that stink, toenails that look ratchet, feet of people that will sell you out and talk bad about you and deny that they ever knew you. Doesn't matter in his economy. You wash. Doesn't make sense, does it? Doesn't make sense. And it blew them away because they're expecting a king, a ruler, somebody that rules with an iron fist. But yet here he is washing feet. That's a paradox. It just doesn't make sense. 
that the king of all glory would serve others. He said that. I've come not to be served, but I've come to serve others. You know, you don't find the word ministry in the Bible. You don't find it. You find the word service. And the, the same word service and ministry are interlocked. They're, 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 they, they mean the same. And what Jesus wants you and I to understand today is that greatness in his kingdom means that we are involved in ministry. That we're involved in these acts of service. We're, we're involved in these, these moments where, where we humble ourselves. We, we kneel down. We lay aside pride. Come on, is there not anything that just screams less of me than this image? And I'm going to wash and serve and meet the needs of other people around me. And here's what I want you to see today is that you were created for this. You were created, you were made for service, for ministry. Too good to be true? Let's see what scripture says. In the book of Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, all of us in this room, period, listen, I want you, God, cre God doesn't create junk. Every one of us listening, believer, non-believer, I want you to know that God sees something of worth and value in you. That's a paradox for some of you. Because you've been told I'm too slow. I'm not smart enough. I'll never measure up. I went to the wrong school. Or my parents didn't, weren't successful. I didn't go to college. We hear that. And a lot of us begin to see our identity through that lens. Through those voices. Are you with me today? Look what the word of God says. For you are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So that we can what? So that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Do you understand something? Long before your parents ever knew what you were going to turn out to be in life. God already had a plan for you. He already had a plan. It says so right there. He already had it mapped out long ago. Someone over here, I just saw a, a mama with a baby. Would you stand up real quick? Or would you, yeah, you, you're pregnant? I, yes. I'm just going out on a limb. Are you expecting a child? Yes. Yeah, you are. Look. Okay. I've done it before. I said, ma'am, excuse me, when are you, your baby due? She says, I'm not pregnant, sir. Foot in the mouth moment, but you've got a baby coming. Yes. Now, do you know when that baby's coming? Uh, the next couple of weeks. The next couple of weeks. Do you know what you're having besides a baby? A boy. We know it's a boy. Do you have a name picked out yet? Jason? Uh, Malachi. Oh, Malachi. That's a good name too. Oh man, I feel like a loser now. Ma Malachi. That is awesome. So you know the name, you know what sex he's going to be, you know, in a couple of weeks he's going to come. Is this your first one? This is my first one. First one. How's it been so far? Uh, I've been very tired. Very tired. Yeah. Real. That's unusual that you'd be tired. I'm not no, just kidding. That's the thing say. You guys, as big a plans as you have for little Malachi. I mean, you have some dreams and aspirations, right? You've thought about how you want to provide for him and how he wants to, but you just don't know everything, do you? You know what the cool thing is? God already has a plan for Malachi. That's right. 
Because long before Malachi makes his presence known to you guys and to us, God already had a special plan for him. It's mapped out. It's mapped out. Pray blessing. Can I, can I, can I pray for Malachi right now? That whatever he's created, God's destiny for his life would come to be. This would be a man that changes the world. That's a part of kingdom work. I pray for God to give you wisdom because it's hard raising a child. Anybody testify to that? It's hard. But I pray that God would give you guys wisdom. Wisdom as you train him in the way he should go. Little Malachi right there. Hallelujah. Thank you. I I hope you come back. I I don't want to. I may just ruined it for somebody. I don't know. but, But there's a masterpiece right there. Is birth not incredible? Sometimes we wish we could put them back in and wish they wouldn't have been born, right? But, but it's a masterpiece. Think about it. Come on, guys. This is not an accident. God knows what he's doing. And he has a plan for Malachi. But can I tell you something? It's for every one of you here. Those of you watching us today, you are a masterpiece. And God has a plan for us. And and if you really want to live, listen, living is giving. You're going to hear that a lot over the next few weeks. To truly live means to give what you have away for others, to serve them and meet needs around you. I've got a lot of scripture I'm going to throw at you today. You guys ready? You sitting down for this? Let's go. But you're unique, a masterpiece. And, And here's the deal. Unique means there's not another one of you. And I believe that the mission that God has for some of you is unique, meaning that if you don't step into that, Levi, that could go left undone. The world could miss out on your unique calling. Now, we all have a calling to find and restore. We're all called to go and tell. We're all co- but there's something that God has unique for all of us to accomplish and add and contribute to. Patrick Hale, even you, Houston Cougar fan. I mean, I know that it's bad loss yesterday. I know you should have beaten Texas, but, but Patrick, your masterpiece, that beard is gnarly. It looks awesome. And God wants to use you talking about barbecue. That guy right there. Bless a pastor, Patrick. Come on. Just kidding. But all of us in this room have something to contribute. You're unique. There is a significant something for you to add to our world. Are you with me today? There's something significant for you to contribute. I love this verse in 1 Peter 2, 9 says, you're a chosen people. You're a royal priest, you're a holy nation, you're God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he's called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You know, our role as a staff is not to do all of the works and the vision that God has for this house. Hey, check this out. Just as God has a vision and a calling, something for you to accomplish in your life, he also has something for this house called 1910. He's got something for City Hills. He's got something for First United Methodist. He's got something for First Baptist. He's got something for Cross Mountain. He's got something something for all those. There's a calling. And by the way, we're all in the same team. We're all in this together. We are. 
We're all in this together. It's unique. It's different, but we all are contributing to advance the kingdom of God. But make no mistake about it. There's a unique calling on this house and it's going to take every one of us to be a part of that. We can only run as hard after the vision of this house that God has for us as much as willing as you are to run after it with us. We believe that boys and girls need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. How many of you gave your life to Jesus Christ before you turned 18 years of age? Let me see your hands. Yeah. Aren't you thankful for kids ministry or for youth ministry? Listen, we believe those are big deals here. We believe that boys and girls need to hear that Jesus loves me. This I know we believe that. And that's why we work hard. We, we, we ask people to partner with us in telling that generation who Jesus is, even at an early age, to get a little undignified and sing some songs with motions to them, to be willing to sit on a pink round mat and tell boys and girls about Jesus Christ. It's a big deal. That's why we talk about our student ministry. Do you remember what you were like in the sixth through the 12th grade? Come on, how many of you are so glad it's not how you start, it's how you finish? Junior, don't make me come back there. Don't make me. But aren't we thankful? Seriously, Ashley, aren't we thankful for youth ministry? You guys are products of great youth pastors. That They are. Was I, one? I was one of those, wasn't I? Yeah, exactly right. I'm just prophesying right now. No, but she had other youth pastors. But you know why? Because teenagers need to understand who they are. Because the world's trying to tell them who they are. Don't make me go there. You know, that you're this or that. No, that contradicts what God's word says. Well, I don't know if I'm, I'm this. I'm just telling you, God's word speaks to that. Your identity is not found in thumbs up or thumbs downs, right? That's why Pastor Mark leads our students in such a way. And we need people that come alongside of him that will be willing to, to walk with students and help answer some questions, to be there for them when everybody else bails out on them. Come on, we know what it's like when people bail. Some of us have moms or dads that bailed out on us, but aren't you thankful for maybe a coach, maybe a young life leader, maybe a youth pastor or youth worker in your church that stepped in and filled the gap there? Amen. Pastor Mark's looking for people like that who just want to dive in and help students understand. Hey, I talked about Aiden Irvin here. I'm just going to toot his horn. Boop, 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 boop. This is the Aiden Irvin section. Aiden called me. Aiden, Aiden sent me a text message, an email, excuse me, several weeks ago, and we talked this week. This guy's on fire. Says, Pastor, I just want people to come to know my Jesus. I want to set Curvy, Curvy, Curville Tyvee High School on fire. I want to change it. I want to make a difference there. He's inviting people to, to, to youth group meetings. He's inviting people to church, right? A church alive is what? Worth a drive is what he says right there. Amen. Curville, Texas. So I want to make a difference in the locker room. I want to pray with people. I want them to know the difference that Jesus can make in my life teenagers right now. Come on. Hey, most of the people you read about in scripture that, that the crazy story, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, David's and all that stuff, teenagers, yes. young people. Yep. And oh, by the way, you're never too old to work with students or kids. I'm thankful for you, for kids, workers and youth pastors that put up with me biting other kids and spitting on people. 
It's okay. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. But I'm thankful for that. We're inviting you to be a part of kingdom work today. See, God said you were created for it. And it's going to require every one of us in order to fulfill the calling that God has on this house. We serve. We greet people in a nice way. We prepare the campus. Everything matters. Hey, yesterday we had a time in Daniel and Courtney. We love you guys, but we had a time in here yesterday. We celebrated one of our favorite people in the world. Grace Bellamy passed away this last week. Grace led our prayer ministry here for 15, 16 years and left an incredible mark on all of our lives that knew her, everybody that knew her. And we had an incredible time of celebration yesterday and we made our way to, to the cemetery and, 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 and I was coming back. Uh, they bring me back to get my vehicle. And as we pulled in, I, I noticed a gentleman out front of our property. It looked like he'd been weed eating, pulling weeds or cutting down grass out by the front fence. I don't know if it's not a barbed wire fence, but it's a, some sort of wiry fence. And, and he was out there cleaning it up. And I'm going, you know what? I love it when I pull onto this campus. And when I drive in and pull in off of 13 City, I feel shalom. I feel the presence of God when I pull in. I don't know if you do. It just feels different. There's a different vibe here than you get at Sonic. Okay. You know what I'm saying? There's just a different, a different vibe, nothing against Sonic. Okay. But, um, but he was out there and, and, and then when I left, he, he was, had a blower out there pushing stuff off of the driveway. And I'm going, you know, a lot of people won't see that. I saw it. My wife saw it, but the father in heaven saw it. And in the grand scheme, does it matter if the front fence is weed eated and looked good? I, probably not. But yet there's somebody making time to just come alongside. And I know that our facilities, guys, Corey and Sean do a bang up job and they're incredible. Can we show some honor right here? Come on. But it sure is nice when other people step in and help out a little bit too, right? Changing chairs because the pastor gets a crazy idea, you know, to rearrange the room, you know, I want to blow out the, I want to make a swimming pool next Sunday. If we can in here, let's work for Jimmy Stewart and it's a wonderful life, right? Come on somebody. And, but it's the small things. And that gentleman was doing something that seemed insignificant, but it means a great deal. We're all created for that. I want you to know today you're invited to be a part of something with us. We're looking, I want to lock and load with some scripture. We're looking for people that want to make a difference. We're not looking for people just to say, we need people to fill needs. No, no. We want you to step into what heaven has for you. Something that will help us advance his kingdom. We're not asking you. We are, if you're interested, we'd love for some people to be singers and dancers and play instruments up on this platform for us. I need some creatives that know how to draw or paint can create some backdrops for us. We need video people that can create some video stuff. We need camera operators. I need liposuction. I mean, we need lots of things in this house. You know what I'm saying? I was just saying if you were listening, but every contribution is needed 
It's all a big deal in the kingdom. We're looking for difference makers. Hey, worship team, let's go ahead and get ready to go. I want us to sing, if we can, just sing something out today, Pastor Allen. And, you know, it's up to us. It's up to us. First Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Wow. I wrote down here, but it's really up to us if we really want to become a servant. This thing called the church is a place where you should be able to use your gifts, your talents, and your abilities. I see Dan leaving right now. Where are you going, Dan? You know what Dan's doing? He's, he's running the studio right now. For those of you that are watching us online, he's responsible for the audio and the transmission, and his son's running a camera right now. I know that you guys watching us online are grateful for them today. Because even though you're not physically with us in this room, you're able to join us in this moment. So wherever you're at, just clap right now and say thank you. Right? Thank you for that. But it's a contribution. They're making a difference, right? But it's up to you whether or not you're going to serve. Listen, you know, in God's economy, the metric for spiritual maturity is ministry. I don't think Jesus is impressed with theological degrees, with diplomas and initials after your name. In fact, it was oftentimes those were the types of people that Jesus oftentimes got frustrated with, religious leaders that thought they knew more. And I know that there'll be somebody that sees their spiritual gift to send me an email today and remind me of where I've screwed up to. Thank you for that. Your spiritual gift of correction. Thank you. I love it. But I believe the paradox is greatness in the kingdom. The metric that heaven looks at is how involved in you, how involved are you in kingdom ministry? What are you doing? I've served my time, pastor. Really? You're still breathing. You're still here today. I don't think heaven's finished with you yet. You may not be able to run as far and jump as high and sing as loud as you used to do, but there's still a contribution for every one of us in this room to make. And I'm reminded that it's the small things that add up to the bigger things. I think that's what scripture says too. Prove yourself faithful in the little and more shall be given and ask of you, right? It's a paradox. That's greatness in the kingdom of God. Last scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says this. It is he who saved us and chose us for his holy work, not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long ago before the world began, to show his love and kindness to us through Christ. Hey, church, listen. You are saved to serve. You've been saved to serve. You've not just been saved so that you can go to heaven one day. That's great. That's, that's the icing on the cake. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of cake while you're here on earth. There's a lot of good stuff here while you're here on earth. But you've been saved to serve. Why? Because it's written in red. A guy spoke about that. I came not to be served, but I came to serve. 
hey, listen, you're sitting on something or maybe you've already made your way through the atrium today and Pastor Allen's already alluded to it, but we're looking for some leaders in this house. We don't call people volunteers here. We call them leaders. Why? Because I think that's what Jesus would call you. Call you a big deal. You're important. There's something in you that I've put in there. Remember, I have a plan for you. You're a leader whenever you put it into practice. Can I encourage you with something as Pastor Allen's playing today? And I want to encourage you to look on the back of that car and find, I'm asking you to find three areas, three, say three, three that are of interest to you. Not saying that you're an expert, not saying that you're proficient, not saying that you know everything about it, not saying that you have a degree in this, but these things are of interest to me. I, I, I think I might want to be a part of learning more about that area of ministry. And I want to ask you to fill that out. And I want to ask you here in just a few minutes when we leave here, I'm going to pray and send us out. I'm just going to pray and send us out today. I want, I want you to go out here and I want you to go to find these tables and I want you to go by and meet some of the best people in all of the hill country that are going to answer questions. There's candy at some of their booths. There's highlighters at others. I've already hit them all. I got it all. There's t-shirts, mugs. But more importantly, there's an opportunity for you to step into your God calling. See, this is discipleship moment today, guys. This is discipleship. This is us following in the footsteps of one who washes feet. Foot washing's not on here, don't worry. But photography is. Working in the parking lot is. Kids ministry's on here. The hills on here, working with teenagers, all sorts of opportunities. What would happen if today we determined in our hearts that we were going to step into what we were created to do? Would you stand with me right now? I'm going to pray and send this out. Ministry team's going to come join me down front here today. and They want to pray with you and encourage you and tell you what it means to follow Jesus. Today, I simply want to ask the house people of God for us to respond and do what Christ has called us to do. So, Father, thank you for meeting us in this moment here today. God, we thank you for your presence. And God, I pray that your people, your masterpieces, your holy priesthood, your chosen generation, may we step into the calling that we've been created for. Lord, you have saved us. So in turn, we can go and serve others and tell them about Jesus. I'm praying for people to step into kids ministry. God, we're looking for people today that just love to hold babies and sing over them and to tell them that Jesus loves them. Lord, we're looking for, for people that would be willing to, to tell boys and girls the story about a young shepherd boy with an incredible faith in God that went out and fought a giant and won. Lord, we're looking for people that remember what the teenage years are like and, and how confusing it can be. And we're looking for people that will step into youth ministry today, God, and say, you know what? I, I want to help students understand their true identity in Christ. I want to help students understand what it 
what it's like to really have people that are in their lives and aren't going to bail out on them. Or, hey, I'll open up my home for kids to come in and sing about the Lord. Or, hey, I'll provide this. Listen, we're looking for that. We're looking for people that will wave and greet, welcome people into the house of God, onto his property here. There is a role for every one of us. And God, I pray that your people would step into that. Lord, we've done our best to create some opportunities for people to to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And God, I'm praying today that we would respond with a rousing yes. Lord, use me. All for your glory. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Everybody says, amen. Thank you guys so much. You are dismissed.